Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 87 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Witty Sports 716. Hit up Built-In Buffalo and everything they're giving you every single day, everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, they're taking over. We're taking over. One city at a time, as Akon said. So, built in Buffalo, check us out at Woody Sports 716. Give us a follow. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? Six years of day. Gonna stack a lot of wins. Gonna talk to Steve Harvey. And he can put it in. Matt Greco. What a treasure it is to see you this evening. And shout out to Witty Nation listening in. How are you? How is everyone in Witty Nation doing? Yes, Stefan Diggs, big contract extension. We'll get into the details in our Bills talk. Tony, quick question. Would you let Stefan Diggs date your daughter if you had a daughter? Hmm. Based on his family feud experience? Is that, is his, that what I'm based on his on? Do you, you ever see that video of the him in the Vikings locker room? Oh. And they asked and they asked everyone on the team, who would you not let date your daughter? And everyone said Diggs. You know, I would say that I am a man who is easily bought. And if I don't have to pay for my daughter's wedding, because my daughter is dating someone who just got a hundred million dollar contract extension, eh, I think I can bite the bullet. <laughs> you can bend some rules, bend your convictions. <laughs> and if and if you get Chef Darian Bryan to malleable. cater as well, unbelievable. Stefan Diggs, personal chef, Chef Darian Bryan, local celeb. Yeah, I mean, I... Everything's paying for itself in this deal. <laughs> You're really making out like a bandit here. Tony, we are only weeks away from the NFL draft. We'll get into much more in-depth draft talk in the weeks following, weeks coming up here. But we mentioned it a couple podcasts ago, and you mentioned a guy last podcast who you were quite fond of in JoJo Doman, linebacker. <laughs> My and love for JoJo Doman grows every day. It really does. <laughs> You love the JoJo. It does. I'm talking. I'm talking him up in every group text about the draft I got going. Talk him up. Make it happen. JoJo was a great name, as we mentioned last week. There's a lot of great names. Might not be great players, but great names out there in this year's draft. Tony, I thought to start our draft season off right, and really a draft season, pun intended. We would draft the best names of this incoming draft class. So, Tony, let's do our top three each, as we always do. You do the honors this week. Start us off with who you think has the best name in the NFL draft and why. 
Okay, to me, there is a consensus number one pick. And by consensus, I mean, I believe strongly this is the number one pick, and I'm here in my basement alone. So this is the consensus. Out of Auburn, defensive back, Smoke Monday. That's who I had as my top guy. You stole my top guy. (laughs) It is. It is a consensus pick. Guy's got the best name. You cannot go wrong with Smoke Monday. I mean, there couldn't be a more, like, if you were trying to make a made-up sounding name, it would, you couldn't do better than Smoke Monday. And Smoke Monday yields itself to so many professions. Could be a detective on television, Smoke Monday. Mm-hmm. Could be a an architect, Smoke Monday. Sure. Could be, be like anything. a Banksy. Could be, yeah, could be like a Banksy-style artist. We don't want to know his name. Right. So he's just calling himself Smoke Monday out of the shadows on Monday yeah. nights. Smoke Monday. Could be the next great Fantastic. Marvel superhero. It could be the next great Marvel superhero. He travels in the smoke on Mondays. Smoke Monday. (laughs) What a name. Criminals do your duty six other days a week, but on Mondays, it's Smoke's Day. (laughs) That's right. Tony, if if the club's going up on a Tuesday, Smoke's going down on a Monday. Great name. And if the Bills end up drafting him, it will fill that void in my heart from us losing Rashad Wild Goose last year. Oh, yeah. Wild Goose was a fantastic name. And I I can't wait for the puns when we play on Monday night. Oh, I mean, wherever he goes for Monday Night Football is going to be unreal. Well, just just the marketing campaign alone you could do with that guy if he becomes any kind of relevant player. The the graphics you could put on the Jumbotron, uh, all the local ads he could do. I mean, Amherst security systems or Buffalo security systems, like sign that guy up right away. You need oh, smoke I was thinking checks. like smoke shops. Or smoke shops. Perfect as well. I was Buffalo thinking, cigar. yeah. Yeah. Or anything, any propaganda towards the work life balance. There you go. On Monday. Exactly. Yeah. Anything on a Monday. Perfect. Number one pick. It was my number one pick. So now I got to recalculate my big board here, my draft order. Smoke Monday, DB out of Auburn. Definitely has the best name in the draft. I think we can agree on. So with my number one pick, hmm, this is going to be tough now. You made it tough on me. I'm going to have to go with a wide receiver out of Kentucky, Wandale Rob. Robinson. Wandale. Not Wand. Walter Wandale. Yeah, not Wandle. It's Wan apostrophe Dale. It's like <laughs> I just watched Gerard Carmichael way to stand up special on HBO, Rathaniel. Yeah. <laughs> and his opening joke was how he's teasing what his real name is. His real name's not Gerard. It's he says it's like his father's name and his grandfather's name mashed together, but it's not a, a cool mashed together name like Toyotathon. And that's what I think I get oh. when I think of Wandale. I'm thinking I'm getting Toyota like Thon vibes mashed together. Yeah, I'm getting to I'm getting Toyotathon vibes with Wandale here. Mm-hmm. If the Bills draft him, we've had good experience with Kentucky wide receivers in the past, so I wouldn't be opposed to that. All right, I lost Stevie. Could be interesting, right? I do have a Toyotathon name, I think, on my draft board, but I'm hoping we're going to save him for honorable mentions because with my second pick, I am excited to take it. I'm excited that I have him because this guy is, you might just say, you might say that this, that this pick is a slam dunk from (laughs) Cincinnati defensive back, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Oh, RIP. RIP indeed. But there's a new Kobe on the block. And uh, I think that would be, and for exactly to have a Mamba and uh, whatever, some team is going to draft out of Cincinnati, someone who's going to command sort of the Kobe Bryant joke nickname pun uh conversation and bring it right into obscure nfl circles (laughs) by saying 
Kobe. Someone's going to say Mamba, and then everyone else is going to be like, oh, it's disrespectful, and then people are still going to do it because it's football fans. And then uh, that's how it's all going to go down. So there's another Kobe Bryant that's about to be a professional athlete, and he's got a name in this draft, baby. I like it. Kobe Bryant, Cincinnati DV. Great second pick. My second pick, I'm going. This one has a soft spot in my heart because it reminds me, of course, of a former Bill. Uh, I'm going to wide receiver out of Miami, Charleston Rambo. Oh, not who I thought you can never. Okay. You can never go wrong with a Rambo. Mm-hmm. I did. Course, I will confess. I did look Bacari to see if Rambo. there was a relation. Yes, of there's course. There's not. Right? Rambo. Right. Right. I did not find one. Bakari Rambo. And like when a, I say like, looked up, I mean, like a cult I went on Ancestry.com. <laughs> to look at the Rambo family tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Searched out the Rambo family tree. Anything interesting? Did not find a connection. Did you find any John Rambos in there? Ooh, many. Oh, wow. Shocking. I like loved Bakari Rambo, oddly enough, during his tenure with the Bills. He, of course, he had that yeah, we all did. breakout famous game against the Packers where he intercepted Aaron Rodgers twice. He could have been Jordan Poyer. <laughs> he could have been if the injuries didn't, didn't derail his career. Yeah. I, I miss him to this day. I need a Rambo in my life, in my Bill's life, that is. So I'm going with Charleston Rambo. And Bakari Rambo is great because it sounds like Cardi and but Charleston has a sort of distinguished flavor to the, to the name. Like he's he's like knighted by the British Queen or something, like Charleston Rambo. Those two first name, last name don't go together. So it makes me love it even more. Yes. You don't see a lot of I like Charlestons. The- other than candy bars out there. It does. And there's a, there's a reverence to the name Charleston, I think. I picture like a Charleston either being or having a butler. And now you put that with Rambo, which is just as the opposite of that. Like no one who had a butler was enjoying the Rambo movies. So you, you, I, I, love, I love the contrast of culture in that guy's name. Right. Perfect contrast. Tony, your third pick. Where are you going? My third pick is out of Mississippi. Is that who I want to go with? Ooh. Yeah, I think that's who I want to Second go with. Second guessing. <laughs> out of Mississippi, I'm going to go with, I assume his name is Calvin Cordozar Connor. He's a running back, but better known, his name is listed as Snoop Connor. Snoop Connor. <laughs> I love the idea of having a Snoop on the team. I love the idea of having a Snoop in the NFL. Think of all the Snoop musical embracings that can happen. He makes a big play. You get Will Ferrell up there. Snoop-a-loop from old school <laughs> happening. I love Snoop-a-loop. the idea of having a Snoop. Yeah, and like a good, strong, three-syllable name, Snoop Connor, Smoke Monday. It's like it coming in hard, yeah, coming in fast, coming hits. in sharp. It right. just hits. You're not, you're not fumbling hits. over. You're not fumbling over multiple syllables. It just hits and it's right. Flowing. Exactly. Like yeah. it. It's not Snoop Connor. He's not this Myron guy that might be mentioned. <laughs> Save it. And and if that anyone, gonna, it was I hope get, that's not who you're going to take. That's not who I'm going to take. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you can mention his last name if you. <laughs> well, but Myron Tugavailoamosa. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, isn't it about, I think it's very fitting, I guess, that, that the Bills get Snoop and Warren G together in the same organization. It's about it's about time they got back together. A little West Coast rap for everyone. I think it'd be a perfect yeah. fit. West Coast of New York. Shores of Old Lake <laughs> West Erie. Coast, the new West Coast. Buffalo, New York. Yeah, the <laughs> Thanks new West Coast warming. and Sunset Beach. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I would love that. Tony, I didn't my... even think about that connection, but I would love it. Yeah, so it would be great. Tony, my third pick oh i gotta go right to the top of the actual draft board and i have to go edge from oregon one of the top rated players in this draft Kayvon thibodeau 
just because I think it would be a spectacle to see drunk NFL fans yelling at this guy trying to pronounce his name during the game. I think that would be a sight in itself. When when we're mad at a guy guy of the game, it's easy. It's like, oh, come on, EJ. If we're mad at EJ Manuel back in the day, or, you know, it's always an easy name. Can you imagine like this guy who's just been drinking for four to five hours and at the tailgate, going to the game and yelling at Kayvon Thibodeau to, to do something or make a play just that guy fumbling over the linguistic nature of his of Thibodeau's name would be I think hilarious so I think I've got to go with him for my third pick just for that fact alone okay yeah reveal the ignorance on it bring these bring these people <laughs> have the, have the cream rise to the top here I like it I like the mindset yeah I think it I think it goes back to our our talk last week of let's let's weed out the true fans Get the party deck fans out of here. Only the true fans yeah, can get, pronounce Kayvon Thibodeau's name right. Exactly. If you want a real seat, you have to pass the test and pronounce it correctly. Right. Yeah, we're just coming up with questions for Otherwise, you're banished to the fan, party deck. Our fan wonder like test. <laughs> Tony, honorable mentions. Give me uh, one or two you have listed. Uh, I'm going to give you like nine. We got, okay. of course, Sauce Gardner. We, another, we high, another high rank pick. Yep. Sauce Gardner. Slade Bolden. Love that name. Okay. Out of Great. Ohio State, Master Teague, Peyton Hendershot. Master Teague. <laughs> Johnny Johnson the third, I thought was good because it's already Johnson. His name is John. So it's like it doesn't make sense because it's John Johnson. So really it's John's Johnson. John is John's son, the third. So really it's John the fourth. I got so it's John's John's son. Right. So it's John Johnson. But the third, John is John's son. So he's the son of John, John Johnson. Is the third, John. So it's the fourth. Right. Or is John's son the fourth? See, this is why it's a good draftable name. I got Myron Tagovailoa. I got uh, someone I really do hope that we draft because he had a high RAS score is Cole Strange. Cole Strange, okay. And of course. Stranger Things, yep. Yep. It's <laughs> Cole Stranger Things. And of course. Okay. My ultimate draft crush of the year, Jojo Doman. Jojo Doman, of course. Ending He's on a high grown man. His name is Jojo. It's the best. <laughs> what point of that guy's life do you think he stops going by Jojo? Never. Never? You think he's going to be He's like 82 Jojo. years old just at the nursing home being like, hey, hey, Jojo, time for your pills? Yeah. Grandpa Jojo. We're going to go see Grandpa Jojo. Like That is his actual name, which is, that was the first name given to him. <laughs> Yeah, he's JoJo. He's JoJo. Strong, uh, strong picks across the board, Tony. I have a couple honorable mentions as well, different from you, actually. So my honorable mention, 1A and 1B, Isaiah Thomas, Edge from Oklahoma, and Chris Paul, offensive lineman from Tulsa. Not only are they Uh, sport athletes being basketball players, but now they're both point guards transitioning way above their weight class to offensive line and edge rusher. So Mm. just Good for them. Good for them for being uh, cross-sport athletes like that. Really appreciate it. Especially Isaiah Thomas, who was, you know, he's got to be in his 50s, if not 60s, by now. <laughs> Very yeah, impressive. It's impressive work. Really, I would love it. We got to sign We got to sign all three of them to the practice squad. Isaiah Thomas, oh, Chris Paul, good. and Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, all wow. in the practice squad. Going to safety from Kentucky, uh, Yusef Corker, just because it reminds me of that old SNL skit with the Italian guy saying cork soakers. Okay. Which I thought was very funny. And if you do it in a very Italian voice, it sounds not like cork soakers. <laughs> so Yusef Corker. And my third honorable mention, offensive lineman from Washington, Luke Wattenberg. Just because with a name like Luke Wattenberg, if the Bills drafted him, that guy is destined to be doing commercials for like extreme discount mattress. 
there's there's no other option with a name like Luke Wattenberg. You're doing the local mom and pop, grainy public access commercials all day long. You're not getting the West Her stuff. That's for Josh. That's for the big guns. You're getting you're getting extreme discount mattress. Marketing is important at every level of business. Everyone needs a Wattenberg. Everyone needs a Wattenberg. <laughs> Tony, those are what we think are some of the best draft names. Listeners, we'll put out on Twitter our list. Tell us what you think some of your or some of your favorite draft names are in this upcoming draft. I, I think we've had some strong candidates here, Tony, that we just listed. I still don't think anything beats Rashad Wild Goose. Because you and I, wow. we, were, we were sitting watching the draft and we were just like, take Wild Goose. And they yeah. did. And it was like <laughs> a joyous moment. There's always that joyous moment when you're looking on the bottom line. You're looking at Kuiper's best available. You see the name you like, you're good, and it's like you know the sixth round. You don't know what level of obscurity you're in, and you're like, "Oh, I want that. That sounds about right right now." And then boom, then we got Wild Goose. It was we got our guy. It was beautiful. We lost our guy. Yeah, we got our guy. Then the Jets got our guy. Oh well, what could have been with Wild Goose, Tony? That wraps up our favorite names of the draft. We got a lot of Bills news to get into though, including a big Stefan Diggs extension. Are uh, you ready for uh, Marv to take it away here? I can't wait to hear that man's voice. Beautiful, angelic voice. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Brandon Bean just doesn't stop. The man is a headline maker. He can do no wrong. And Bean, we trust. This week, the big news was, of course, Stefan Diggs' extension. He's sticking around now for the next six years. The four-year extension, total money around $124 million. I mean, this is this is great news. I know you were a little skeptical in terms of them resigning Diggs. He was number one on your who, who we should grant extension power rankings last episode. And Bean must have been listening. Brandon Bean must have been listening to our show because Diggs is now a Buffalo Bill with the intent to retire as a Buffalo Bill, according to the media. So it's well-deserved. Last year, he was averaging $14.4 million, which made him the 21st highest value for receivers in the league paid receiver in the league which for what the guy has brought to the bills in these last two years he was wildly underpaid in terms of what other receivers were making in two seasons now with the bills he's had 2700 plus yards 18 touchdowns pro bowls all pro in 2020 he led the league in receptions and yardage two years ago the guy's been amazing since we traded for him from the Vikings. And he's been essential in Josh's growth. If anyone can help our franchise quarterback become the franchise quarterback that he seems to be, that he is, I would say at this point, Stefan Diggs has been a big part of that. And also his closest off the field with Josh is a huge part. So Stefan Diggs remaining a bill. Tony, what does this mean to you? What are your thoughts? My thought was my initial thought, my initial feeling is relief to know that any worry that we could possibly have about the wide receiver position and in any given offseason and who it's going to be is essentially cut in half at the maximum. And at the minimum, it's, you know, we don't really have to worry about 
who will be starting. That is awesome. And I really like Steph Diggs. So that's awesome. That is someone who I can say that I, you know, genuinely appreciate as a player in person. And I think it was an awesome move, great move, genius move to design it in such a way that's like going to clear up cap space. So that was also relieving a little bit. Love that aspect of it. I would say I love every aspect of this. I have no complaints. Brandon Bean, no notes. This is a great move. No criticisms, no anything. Yeah, no, it was a great move, especially with recent giant paydays for wide receivers like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. So I felt like this was a move that it had to be done sooner rather than later because the later it was prolonged or or the later it happened, the higher the price tag would have been because these wide receiver contracts just keep going up and up enough so good for being for getting it done as soon as he could when he could i love it for the fact that Diggs is going to be a bill pretty much the rest of his career i also love it for the fact that it put doug whaley in his place like in literally 24 hours when doug oh, yeah. whaley was i don't know i don't know what radio show doug whaley was on but he said like he wouldn't be surprised or he's heard rumblings about the bills looking to trade stefan Diggs because they can't pay him or anything and then literally 24 hours later brandon means like no extension guy's a bill for life <laughs> so doug whaley of course not privy to any conversations at one bills drive or in inner circles in the nfl still isn't privy to this day I mean, he wasn't privy back in the day and he isn't privy now. So Doug Whaley, not privy. (laughs) But we also get, like I said, off the field, the relationship he's established with Josh. Sports Illustrated for Kids said it best, like BFS. And now they're BFS for life. So he's got his Call of Duty partner. As Emmanuel Sanders said on Good Morning Football this week, his his shrine um, sharing best friend. Josh has a shrine of Diggs in his locker. Diggs has a shrine of Josh in his locker. So I think both on in the field and off the field. And this is the crazy thing to me is like, I put it on Twitter. If you asked any player in the NFL five years ago where they'd be playing today, where they'd be playing in five years, would anybody say Buffalo? Maybe mm-hmm. 5% of players, maybe. That's I would say those they... players now are like in the USFL and they were right. like, where do you think you're going to be playing? I was like, well, I know I'm not billed like, I know I'm not hyped up, but I believe in myself that I should be in the league. So right. I'll say Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo's my best shot to, to be an NFL right. player. And now, five, fast forward five years, like guys are coming here willingly at a discounted rate when before we had to overpay for guys just to get them to come here and they want to be here their whole careers it's it's just a it's just such a 180 from where we were uh from where this organization was and it, it's kind of mind-blowing like whereas before it was overpaying for potential so guys who maybe like a john feliciano who you saw potential in and you just pay way too much for him just to get him to consider buffalo now it's like really good guys, all pro guys, Micah Hyde, Steph Diggs, Josh Allen. Like these guys could be potential Hall of Famers down the road and taking discounts to play for this organization. Just a crazy notion to me to think about. Bills are on the East. I mean, we're, this is who wouldn't want to play here. And I think that there's a certain, I was thinking about this today. There's a certain kind of person or like mindset that I think the words getting out on that, you know, it doesn't all, it's not just about you and like your career, but that your legacy goes more than that. I mean, when I think about Stefan Diggs and what he said about family and, you know, he had a 
his daughter up there. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sure his daughter goes to an excellent school here in New York. And it's not, you know, hard to find or anything like that, too, compared to other places. I think that there are so many benefits to living, to, to building your career here. And then you also get those residual benefits of wins, of Bill's Mafia Charter name, the atmosphere and attitude that, of course, uh, Jordan Phillips, you know, hyped up for so long and with such mm-hmm. zeal. So, I mean, I, words getting out. This is the place to be, baby. You get to be with the what creature. It's like preacher. What a terrible nickname. I, I don't like that I nickname. I'm not a fan. I think they got to think of something better than that creature. I mean, there's got to be something better. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what we'll draft next episode. Nicknames for Josh Allen. Uh, oh, okay. I like that idea. That, could be that interesting. might be interesting. <laughs> I'm interested. They have to be nicknames that like we have actually heard other people use. Like people, oh, there, there are no. a lot of people like trying to get nicknames started. We can't just be... Is it is it that we're proposing what we think nicknames should be, or is it yeah. that we're bring to light nicknames that we've heard other people say? No. Well, if it's a nickname you've heard another person say and you you hold it in high regard as yeah, that should be the actual nickname, then yeah, go for it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I w- I also want to have a conversation about the nicknames that I want to reject. Oh, okay. That that would be. So an, I don't know. Also, an interesting. We're putting all this out. Just putting all this out there in the ether. The, the, the teaser for next episode. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. What a cliffhanger is right. This is the lost of podcasts. <laughs> the Wiener Fingers lost like this. podcast coming soon to a podcast station near you. <laughs> That's right. We're, break, we're breaking uh, down lost. Okay, so he finds this hatch, has no idea, opens the hatch, finds a guy. No, okay. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Whoa, sorry. I jumped ahead. Jumped ahead. Now, some there. of the future listeners might not have seen it. They so might a plane be crashes. It. We don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so we know there's a man he has an eye he's on a beach yes he's on a beach things tune are in, happening tune in for next beach. week's Other episode people. we'll see what happens are on that beach it reminds me of um a joke from one of my favorite modern comedies happy endings one of the character goes this is a stupid thing and i've heard a lot of stupid things i've heard dave and dave's one of the characters i've heard dave explain the housing crisis and, and dave's like so you got fanny and freddie and they might be brother and sister He's like this ridiculous <laughs> diatribe of the housing crisis. Like, that's how I feel like we're getting into that territory right now. Tony's favorite Stefan Diggs moment of the past two years. Right off the top of your head. Okay, uh, I'll give you one on the field and off the field. On the field, where my mind immediately goes, and probably just because there was so much emotion invested in it, is when he got the two-point conversion in the Kansas City game. And okay. then I would say off the field was him on Family Feud, which I sang about at the top of the show. <laughs> which you love. You you really do love it. I do like that. Uh, and I do like, I don't re- he made a similar joke to Josh. I don't remember what it was. It was like they were being interviewed together and he said something like kind of pseudo-sexual and then, <laughs> but like sounded innocent, you know, something ambiguous and sexual. And then Josh just laughed and looked at him and said, I hate you. I don't remember what he said though, but I <laughs> like that. that. I don't remember. I feel like when Steph gets on camera, he like turns into a character almost. Yeah. Like in our, in our intro song, like there's a clip of Diggs talking to a little kid saying like, Hey, stay in school. You might not like school, but you know, keep going. Just he, yeah. he's got these like <laughs> weird little like idiosyncrasy, thing, like little intricate things. 
He does. He's a character. That's why I love him. I think my favorite on the field moment, and I got to go to the Patriots game, not this past year, two years ago, but just him like having JC Jackson jaw at him the whole game or, you know, for the start of the game at least. And then Diggs just like torching him. And as he's running for a touchdown, like point the finger back at him, like you're not talking now kind of thing. Like I love mm. that. Him going up for. He's done it twice where he's just like out jumped the guy for a catch. He did it in a Miami game and he did it in a Raiders game. And then he just stands over the guy and flexes on him. And that's just kind of goes to the whole notion of, oh, wow, we have a number one receiver finally. I love Stevie. Stevie was awesome, but obviously the organization didn't have, couldn't match the swagger Stevie was bringing to the field, I'd say, as a whole. Like now that we're good and we're like perennial favorites for the Super Bowl year after year and Things like that. Diggs' swagger kind of matches the organization's swagger. And when he does things like that, when he outjumps a guy, when makes a guy fall from, you know, his his route running, it's just like, we got a number one receiver now, and he's really good, and it's awesome to see. One one qualm about Diggs, do you feel like he – maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but do you feel like he kind of disappears in big games a little? I don't look – yeah, maybe. I don't look at that as a digs thing. I look at that as a game plan thing, a systematic thing. I look at okay. that as we're looking at in, – in, I look at that as in big games, the, the talent level is organically high, and therefore, therefore, like, the matchups that we will go to and try to exploit would be not the one that Diggs is in. It would be the yeah. one that, you know, Gabe Davis is in because he's the fourth wide receiver playing against the fourth cornerback. Right. So it's so like we're going to be looking to that matchup. You know, I just look at guys like Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs and Devontae Adams when he's with the Packers. And it just seems like those guys are averaging eight to ten catches a game. And it's consistent. Like they're not disappearing for a game with two catches or I don't follow them as closely as I follow the Bills, obviously. But it just seems like every time I watch those guys play, like there's a concerted effort to get those guys the ball and i'm not saying there isn't from the bills to i'm certain digs is in the game plan every single week but you know maybe sometimes it's he's he's not the the hot route he's he's not option one on a certain play and, and that's why my biggest problem with Dable last year was he got a little vanilla in terms of pre-snap stuff whereas 2020 doing a lot of pre-snap motion and moving guys like digs whether it was outside or in the slot or in the backfield sometimes. Like, I feel like he wasn't doing that as much last year. Maybe that's where the disappearance factor came in sometimes for me. But, I mean, the stats are the stats. And he's, for two years now, been one of the top receivers in the league. And he plays on the Buffalo Bills. And he's going to be here a long time. And we're getting a guy in the prime of his career. And he's on the right side of 30. So he's going to be here for his career. And he, he's an awesome player. So cannot be happier. Uh, we mentioned how much... Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen are BFFs off the field. We haven't done our Josh Allen best friend power rankings in a while with all the changes going on in, in the roster and people leaving like the Mitch Trubisky's of the world and John Feliciano's who were pretty close with Allen. Tony, I think we need to re-rank our Josh Allen best friend rankings on the team. Top three we'll do. And, and it could include Diggs. I mean, he's obviously close with, with Allen. So, Tony, let's go... Uh, Three to one. Who is uh, number three on your Josh Allen best friends power rankings? Josh needs a friend. He's lost a lot of people. Uh -huh. He needs a friend. 
who's coming in at number three for you? Well, let me let me ask, what was your criterion looking at this as far as power rankings? Is it power rankings as football players? Like, does that play in? Is it the friendship base? Is it who you want to match was, him up with? It was purely friendship base. Like, okay. who is he going to? Di- who could he be going to Disneyland with in the future? Oh, okay, Dante Pettis. So, okay. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll I'll start if you want an example of like where I was going with this. Oh. Uh, you can start. I started in the last draft earlier in the show, so go ahead. All right, I'll I'll start. So my number three is our sweet prince, our favorite player, Ryan Rick Bates. Oh yeah. Not only do I think like their personalities mesh well together, if you remember the video of of Josh after scoring the go ahead touchdown and on the sideline yelling like let's go let's go everyone else is sitting on the bench as Josh Allen's like yelling at them except one guy that's Ryan Rick Bates who's also in Josh Allen's face yelling let's go I just feel like Rick Bates is he's not only back but he restructures his contract on top of it so he's all in on the success of this organization which I think sits well with Josh I have to imagine it would but I could just see Rick Bates as a guy who Josh like texts at at 11 p.m. at night, like, hey, you want to go grab some Mighty? And Bates, like, doesn't even hesitate. And, like, yeah, I'm there. That's why I'm putting him at number three, because I think Rick Bates is that kind of guy who Josh would just be, hey, you want to go do this? Rick Bates is down for anything. I appreciate that about Rick Bates in this pers- in this persona that we are creating of him completely. All right, so you're ready I don't think we're creating again? this. I think this is who he is. All right, my pick. Uh, Who's your number three? I'm going to go to someone who a uh, friendship does, in fact, exist. And this is getting rekindled as we speak. And that's let's go to the QB room. And Matt Barkley and Josh Allen are back together again. And I'm Rocky really happy that, That's right. And I'm really happy that Josh has, uh, that the QB room has a familiar face. If it wasn't going to be Trubisky and they're hanging out at Hamilton, if it wasn't going to be Davis Webb, I'm happy to say that Matt Barkley is back in the fold and they can start hanging out. And I think that they're a good match, but like I put him in my number three spot because, you know, Josh Allen is a young man entering the prime of his life. Matt Barkley is only getting, is only getting more aged. So it's like, you know, there's going to be some generational gaps happening here, but two awesome human beings two awesome beings and so yeah. i look forward to watching their friendship continue to blossom matt barkley came in at number two on my list so oh. i i fully agree that a friendship rekindled uh the hibachi boys are back solving mysteries or whatever they do just going hibachi girls i guess but yeah i i think you know despite matt barkley being i'd say quite a bit older for nfl ages and then josh allen matt barkley still has like a young vibe to him they both feel like california guys good point what's that he can hang oh yeah that's a good point about california guys good point about california guys yeah so i think matt barkley being back is going to be big how how bad do you think davis webb feels now that he's not only lost his friend in josh allen but he goes to the giants I'm guessing he thought he was going to compete for a backup spot, but it doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> Ooh, Davis Webb? Da- yeah, they got Daniel Jones. Yeah. They signed Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it's going to be tight. I mean, competition is good for business and when it comes to camp. I mean, so. ESPN has him as the four-string quarterback. I mean, and that's so probably right, he, was going yeah. from, he was going from the four-string here to the four-string there. The differentiating factor, though, is you know Josh Allen. You're going to be friends with Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Nobody wants to be friends with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to be friends with Daniel Jones. That's true. Is Fromm still over there? 
No, he's not. Oh no! I think yeah, another him. another friendship loss. Yeah, he's currently a free another... agent. Man, that was a waste Ooh. of a draft pick. <laughs> also, Jake Fromm's birthday right. is one day before mine, so that bothers me. Yeah, as it would anybody, <laughs> right? I don't want Jake Fromm stealing my birthday thunder. That's right. How dare he? No one does. Tony, that was uh, your number three, right, Matt Barkley? I believe so. Uh-huh. Who who was your number two since Barkley was my number two? Uh, my number two is someone who describes himself as someone who has a best friend named Josh Allen, and that is Dawson Knox. Uh, so okay. I put this criterion in having Dawson Knox be in there as uh, someone who, you know, the connection only grows over as, as we've seen over the course of Dawson Knox and Josh's career as he's blossomed as a player and as a man. And I obviously believe that to be because Dawson Knox has found great friendships and relationships in his life. And um, I don't know that I have any more things more to say about it. I'm happy for Dawson Knox and that he is really good friends with his quarterback. I like yeah, Dawson Knox. I know. So I, put him too. I feel like their friendship has uh, blossomed greatly this past year, maybe year and a half, two years. When everybody seemed down on Dawson Knox, it seemed like Josh never wavered which I think is a true Mm -hmm. testament of a best friend. They have the best celebrations on the team, I'd say, uh, whether they're referencing Uh, Step Brothers or Hot Rod or they're very pop culture-y reference celebrations, which we appreciate around here because obviously we mention movies and TV and pop culture references a lot on the show. So I I do really appreciate that. I think Dawson Knox has quite a a witty sense of humor to him, which I think Josh appreciates. You know, Josh always has his little one one liners like the only team in New York wink kind of thing. And I think Dawson plays well to that as as well. So I think that's a strong number two on your power rankings. Yeah, I'm glad you made the case for me because those are all great points. (laughs) Tony, my number one, we just mentioned him. Big contract extension. I got to go Steph Diggs. They're on the Sports Illustrated covers together. Steph Diggs was quoted as saying he wanted his next stop to be his last. And that's why he signed in Buffalo because he feels like Buffalo is a home and he doesn't want to go anywhere else. And um, reading between the lines there, it sounds like you made some pretty darn good friends, maybe a best friend, and you don't want to leave them. And I think that best best friend is obviously Josh Allen. <laughs> well, I mentioned the shrines in each other's locker rooms, as Emmanuel Sanders mentioned on Good Morning Football this week. It just seems like Stefan Diggs has the number one spot on the Josh Allen friends rankings right now and he's got he's got a good hold on it he's not he's not wavering it's not going anywhere currently so uh, Steph Diggs is my number one choice how about yours my number one Matt it's Steph Diggs of course for, <laughs> the, man for of the, all those reasons. the man of the hour the man of, of the course hour. he said all the right I, things today to make us believe that he was married the number one pick in terms of josh's best friend power rankings and we learned even more about their best friends as their best friendship as you said with their uh mutual shrines to each other which is something i can appreciate about like i don't know who did it first but i appreciate they were both like oh yeah i'm getting in on this and right. and i you know obviously appreciate their chemistry on the field their chemistry off the field that they're embracing the uh sort of like media surrounding their chemistry off the field like this narrative that the media wants to have of we got two best friends playing ball together in buffalo so i'm in i'm here for it let's do it i'm all here for if they win a super bowl together it'll be glorious of course for everyone involved uh when i heard about the shrines in the locker i was getting big helga pataki and hey arnold (laughs) (laughs) uh that's all i could think about for some reason i don't know why but yeah 
but I think I think the consensus is everybody on the roster is Josh's best friend. The man is a a, a friendship chameleon. <laughs> he can do no wrong. He he can adapt to whoever he's hanging out with. That's why Josh. That's why Josh is the best. Um, I forgot to mention and ask you. Uh, now that Steph Diggs is paid. Do we have any money for some of these guys coming up? And we'll get into Jordan Poyer here, but you have Ed Oliver, you have Tremaine Edmonds, you have Dawson Knox coming up. Does this spell bad news for any of these guys? I'm looking at Tremaine Edmonds and I'm thinking, man, I don't know. I know the cap will go up next year by about like 10 million, I think, but as they project, but unless Bean is is doing the fantasy draft and salary cap's not an issue and money's not an issue and we'll just convert things to signing bonuses as the Saints have done and many teams are doing throughout the league, like, can you sign all these guys? Are you worried about that? Well, I don't know if it's worth me being worried about anymore because every time I think we couldn't possibly sign another talented player on a big big veteran contract, right? then we go and do it even though we have no money. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know what to believe anymore. Obviously, we're probably not going to sign all of them, but I don't know where that line gets drawn anymore. This whole thing is crazy. So It is. It really is. There must be a money tree at one of those drives that Brandon B is just picking from. One of those guys I mentioned, Jordan Poyer, got a new agent this week, and it is super agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus is very good at his job. I think there's no denying that. I don't like Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, I don't know if this is good news or bad news. It might be good news for Jordan Poyer uh, in terms of he'll get paid by someone. I don't know if it's good news in the fact that it'll be the bills that are the ones paying him. Drew Rosenhaus is a weird guy, and I got to imagine he's uh, <laughs> kind of a weird guy to deal with. He was We've seen him leaping into Plaxico Burris' arms after he was released from jail after shooting himself in the thigh. Uh, we see him swimming with sharks and while he was doing it, grabbing physically, like trying to grab sharks, which seems insane. He did a karate demonstration where he was like breaking flaming bricks. Uh, at one point, he's represented T.O., Antonio Brown, Greg Hardy. I mean, he doesn't represent them anymore, obviously, but at one point he did find a need to represent great character guys like those three. So I can't imagine the Bills are happy. Apparently, they've already opened discussions with Drew Rosenhaus and Jordan Poyer, and the Bills organization have already had open discussions about a contract extension and Jordan, how Jordan wants to stay with the Bills. Tony, did this news hit on any radars for you of Jordan Poyer switching agents? It kind of hit on the radar of, you know, I always, always kind of like, oh, will Jordan Poyer be one of the people that stays, that we prioritize staying, that we're going to pay? And I kind of always thought he wouldn't end up being one of those people. And now with this circumstance in here, I'm still wondering that but i'm also kind of thinking oh if i thought there was like a 40 percent chance that he was going to be one of those players now i'm thinking there's like a 32 percent chance he was going to be one of those players so i had already it was like low to maybe lower now but it didn't affect me if we get jordan poyer doing (laughs) if we get jordan poyer doing like a workout in his driveway as drew rosenhaus is interviewing the media I'm going to lose my mind, T.O. style, of course. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, he was, num- Jordan Poyer was number one on my list of guys who I think the Bills should extend. I think he's just so important to this defense. 
safeties typically aren't on the upper echelon of like pay scale for positional guys in the NFL, like obviously quarterback and wide receiver and, you know, tackles and things like that. So uh, I'm kind of scared of what Jordan Poyer is going to be, especially what he's going to be asking, especially coming off of what what's a career year for him. All pro career high interceptions, I believe, again, consistently in the 90s to 100s and t- total tackles. Like, so he's going to get paid and he deserves it. I just don't know if the Bills have any money or, again, if this is just a fictitious thing and in terms of money's not an option, salary cap's not an issue. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But interesting development in the Jordan Poyer saga. We'll keep track of that as it continues. Tony, the final note I have for the Bills this week, rumor has it that Stephon Gilmore wants to be back with the Bills, uh, I guess because... Now they're on TV and now he's okay with playing for the Bills Mm -hmm. organization. Uh, Would you welcome a Stefan Gilmore reunion? I have a message for Stefan Gilmore if he's listening. And I assume he is. He definitely is. You, Stefan Gilmore. Oh, wow. Strong words. I don't want him back. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't believe that this many people do want him back. That, like, yeah, that I see so many people hoping we get him back. But bygones, Tony. I would feel the same way about it. When we hired Rex Ryan, my take, my thought process was, look, I want to make the playoffs just like we all do, but I don't want to have to sell my soul to do it. And that's what I would feel like I'm doing now again with Stefan Gilmore. Be like, well, I'm not compromising all this. I'm not selling my soul. This perfect, likable locker room just full of amazing human beings and now we're going to put Stefan Gilmore who already did us wrong and was toxic for us at one other point no we this is this is the cornerback position we are going to be fine we got a draft coming up we got 7.12 million dollars because we cleared up some space with Stefan Gilmore or because with Steph Diggs yes yeah with Steph Diggs we no Get this, get, no, no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. You're, you. It's very sweet of you to try. It was cute. Bye-bye. Boy, bye. Bye-bye. Boy, bye. Boy, oh, you boy, bye and Stefan. Yeah, boy, and I bye, like a Stephane. lot of the other, I, I like a lot of the other uh, free agents at cornerback more any, more so anyway. Um, like your Joe Hayden. And I think that there's, yeah, like a, I like a Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden's a little bit more of a process type guy anyway. So right. I would far rather have that. And um, I like a lot of the corners out of the draft too. I think that there's plenty of opportunity aside from the likes of aside from the likes of, of Stefan Gilmore. If we sign him, we're gonna be mad. I, I I I'm not as strong in terms of a statement that you just gave. <laughs> Uh, because we're so thin at cornerback, but I don't know. Maybe I just don't think Gilmore has it anyway. Bounce around mm-hmm. the past two years from New England to Carolina. I don't think he was that great in Carolina when he played last year. So I'd much rather see a different option come in. I'm guessing you feel like I know this isn't an option, but in an alternate universe, if Rob Gronkowski was wanting to come to the Bills, I'm guessing you feel the same way. Like after that guy, because of what he, you know, that late hit he did to Trey White. Mm, no, I would be pretty excited if Gronk came to the Bills. Okay, different, different perspective. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Different gotcha. perspective. With yeah, I mean that you know, heat of the moment, a competitor. I can understand that. These are these are words when it comes to these are words that Stefan Gilmore chose to say out loud publicly. Right. What an asshole. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> Gronk is from Buffalo and he likes it. Come on. Put Gilmore Gronk. on the party He's... deck and keep him there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm um, fine with that. Uh, <laughs> Tony, the other, I guess, news I had or notes I had was I'm loving these Von Miller videos. 
just an inside look <laughs> at his life, at his like kind of the lead up, the ramping up to his decisions to sign with the Bills, talking to his father about it, his friends, like him canoeing, whatever he's doing. I- I'm loving this inside look at Von Miller's life. It kind of makes me wish we had like a a T.O. show version of Von Miller's life, his journey to Buffalo, his his experience with Buffalo for the first time or not the first time because he's played here before, but the first time as a Buffalo Bill and fans embracing him. Hey, give him a key to the city. Why not? I'm loving these videos, Tony. You know, Von Miller's a he's an interesting guy. He's obviously well-spoken, educated, like comes off very well. So I, I just been enjoying them. I've also been enjoying. I mentioned last week I was scared. I haven't seen any Trey White videos of him rehabbing. Finally got it this week, thank God, because I was about to have a heart attack over the status of Trey White. <laughs> looks like he's doing great. He's doing the hurdles. He's doing different exercises. He looks like he's well on track to return, and he's of course having fun doing it. So that is a video I'm also glad to see. But Tony, any other notes about the Bills before we uh, we move on here? Hmm. What do you think about the on your mind? Well, this is what I was thinking. So last year, and some people have said this on social media. Last year, they used their April Fools' prank to then introduce a new aspect to the uniform. What do you think about the April Fools' uniforms this year? No, oh, the wing centric uniforms. Yes. What's between like? hate and despise that's where i land (laughs) okay i get it i just think it's so i think the wing thing with the blue cheat i just think it's so cliche and corny at this point like all right i get it yeah fine when they came out with those new era like signature stadium series caps and one of them was like a wing i was like all right what like i get it like we're from buffalo we don't need to be reminded that we're we're the ones buying the merch mostly and if you're not living in buffalo you're buying the merch outside of state you you have some connection to buffalo we all know freaking wings were invented here made famous here like we don't need to be like bashed over the head with like hey look at this wing stuff like I don't know. I, don't, I just think it's very cliche and very played out at this point. Okay. What not do you think a, about the idea in general take, sure. of what do you think about the idea in general of the NFL doing a city series of uniforms? I think that would be cool. Like the NBA, how the NBA does it. Like when the NBA right, comes out yeah. with their I mean, that's city, what they said city this series, was, yeah. the, those look awesome. Like you do like like the Miami Heat have the Miami Vice style color scheme and in yeah um font style like those look awesome like I think those city uniforms like eighty percent of them look great so I would be all for the NFL doing that but don't be like cliche with like okay your signature city thing is the wing like I don't know give me like give me just like maybe like a rust color jersey like a like a for the rust belt the rust like, belt yeah like that could be cool. Yeah, or give like, me, yeah. Give me something. Just give me something. Like, don't give me like a wing. I mean, if Miami was able to have Miami Vice, what is the what's allegoric to Buffalo in the Miami Vice? Jesse? Uh, Jesse the show? Yeah, the show Jesse with Christine Applegate yeah. that took place in Buffalo. Right, <laughs> that's your go-to <laughs> when you think of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Your go-to is Jesse. My go-to of shows and movies that took place short-lived. In one season series on NBC. Yeah, and I believe it was two seasons. And okay, maybe. I, and I have to say, even now, I'm like, what else? What was another took place? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that could be Buffalo something. Buffalo sixty six. <laughs> Buffalo sixty six. Just have yeah. 
just have brown and brown and gray be the colors on our cities on our city unis. It could be like um, it could be like the Alabama helmets that have the numbers on them, but everyone has sixty six. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm sure that would that would fly. That would that would really fly. Could take like a dingus day, like a polka way. That okay. feels city to me. Yeah, just, right. uh, we we already we already got the red going. So what about any reference to second string? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean that's another that's another good one too. Dan Heller, just get just Dan Heller pictures of Dan Heller on the helmets. Sign me up for that. He's our Shane Falgo. He is our Shane Falgo. That's that's, that, that's a true statement. That's an interesting. Uh, what's our signature city signature series design? We'll we'll put it on Twitter, listeners. Give us your thoughts. Tony, what do you say uh, we wrap up our Bills talk, though, for this week? We can wrap this baby up. Put a bow on it. We can wrap this. Put, put a bow on it. Uh, listeners, we will be back uh, after the break and work for our sponsor with special guest DJ Jarka, local wrestling personality, to talk some WrestleMania. We don't talk a lot about wrestling on this show. It's usually Bills and Sabres and whatever nonsense we can come up with. But WrestleMania happened, so we got to talk about it. We can't be the number one sports podcast without talking about sports entertainment. That's part of part of the show, Tony. So we'll be back with DJ. We'll be back after the break. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. And we are back, Witty Nation. Of course, we love our Bills. We love our Sabres. But we can't be the number one self-rated sports podcast without talking about all sports. And that includes sports entertainment, as some call it, professional wrestling. And to do that, we have to welcome a very special guest to talk everything that went down at this weekend's Showcase of the Immortals. I can't do my Vince McMahon voice, DJ. Like, Showcase of the Immortals. Uh, the style on the profile, the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss steel. Wheeling, dealing, son of a gun, our favorite local referee and publicist for Empire State Wrestling. Welcome to the head of the table, Mr. DJ Jarka. Thank you for joining the show, DJ. Oh, thank you for that great introduction. <laughs> I had to do like a, a, a wrestling-esque introduction. I'm, I'm very excited. We don't talk about wrestling a lot on this show. I'm very excited to talk about the spectacle that was WrestleMania, Vince McMahon's granddaddy of them all. And I'll say right off the bat, for both nights, I was wrong. I'll admit it right now. I was wrong. Just like I felt the night Josh Allen was drafted by the Bills, what I saw on paper for WrestleMania, just like what I saw on paper for Josh Allen, looked a little underwhelming. I'm not going to lie. But what came out of it totally exceeded my expectation. More than waiting months for Veer Mahan could ever dream about exceeding expectations. <laughs> it was a great show. Great two nights. A great mix of entertainment and wrestling ability and spectacle. DJ, just what right off the bat, what was your overall impressions of, of this this weekend, this WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I'll admit that I, I really, really watch WWE. I, you know, I watch wrestling all the time. But I only really watched WWE, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Rumble, and then maybe a SmackDown once in a blue moon. Big one, you know, yeah. just just my general taste of wrestling has changed over the years. But uh, yeah. you know, I, I I watched both nights of this, and it definitely it definitely beat its expectations for what I had. I was I was overall pretty pleased with how everything went one overall um yeah i i didn't you know i was kind of I, I was a little underwhelmed too i thought there was a lot of like like when i looked at the card like about a lot of like celebrity spots and stuff and right. and, and part-time you know 
we can I guess we could say part time workers too. But um, I I was just I was pretty happy how everything turned out, and um, I thought they I thought they you know the, the general consensus i guess would say is that the product over the last few years has been wwe has been trying to drive their product towards pleasing their shareholders or trying to please the networks that are giving them these billion dollar contracts and not so much the fans themselves however it felt like this weekend this last weekend that they were definitely trying to you know win the fans back it seemed like so i you know i was i was pretty you know i I was pretty happy overall i'd say yeah i think that's a that's a great point and over the years you know i'm like you like i I watch the big shows i love the rumble i love wrestlemania you know money in the bank things like that i'm not a fan of survivor series but i'll keep up with the storylines i'm not gonna sit there and watch three hours of raw every week but a lot of youtube people put out great highlight packages 25 minutes and you get all you need out of the the raws and the smackdowns and and everything and you know and now there's huge competition with AEW, and i think that's one of my biggest problems with with wwe over the years is they seem so against establishing new stars they're always bringing back you know goldberg or undertaker all these guys who was just like okay we've seen enough of them they're old they can't do what they used to do they're not the spectacle they used to be and that's what i saw on this card to initially i mean just guys that you know, i've seen over and over again you have have the spotlight or have the main event and you know i i miss guys and i'll fully admit i miss guys like alistair black and adam cole and, and miro and guys who i thought like by this time in their careers should be headlining wrestlemania i don't want to see you know whoever i don't want to i love edge i've always loved edge he's one of my favorites but you know i don't want to see 40 plus year old edge going at it and you know, i want to see these new guys i want to see something fresh but again that's why these guys are professionals. They exceeded my expectations. They they showed out and and they really blew it the roof off a, a Jerry World this weekend. I think that was one of my biggest surprises. You just mentioned it was there was a lot of like celebs on the card and part timers. And one of the biggest surprises to me was how good these celebrities were in whether it was good from a wrestling standpoint like logan paul and his match with the mysterios and as he partnered with the miz or from a, just a pure entertainment standpoint like johnny knoxville and his match with Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. or pat mcafee stepping into the ring again against austin theory these celebrities quote unquote these non-wrestlers if you will i i thought really stole the show that was one of my biggest surprises of the weekend yeah logan paul um that he surprised me in the fact that he came off more polished than i expected and they see some people say that he looked better than Don Dominic Mysterio, who's been wrestling for what about a year and a half now? I kind uh, of agree. TV. <laughs> yeah, he, he came off. I, th- I was surprised how well he came off. Uh, Pat McAfee, I wasn't exactly surprised just because I, I know, like, like I remember his match of Adam Cole, and and he's he's a he was an NFL, and he might have just been a punter, but he was still an NFL athlete. He was an athlete in the NFL, and he, you know, those. You know, if you're an, if you're a top athlete, your first choice probably right after high, out of high school isn't going to to you know, wrestling school. You're probably if you're in sports, you're going to go towards whatever you know sport that you think you're going to make your money at. So it makes sense that a guy that is just a punter in the NFL is good an athlete as he is, and then he can come into you know the wrestling realm and 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 just kind of like oh wow, like kind of show show up, you know, show off like like his athleticism finally in in a different way. Yeah, that spot where he leaps from the canvas to the top rope and and did a superplex like that that was amazing. I mean, I didn't I didn't yeah. see that one coming from Pat McAfee for as athletic as he is. 
Oh yeah, and um, Johnny Lasso. I I thought that was definitely the type of match that it would would be geared towards something like a lot a lot of gimmicks, and um, definitely the right person was booked with him and Sami Zayn because it's a guy that could carry him through the match, make everything look good, walk him through, you know, make make sure everything was was timed right. I think he was the, probably the perfect person to, to put with him. Absolutely. And, and then you got the little from, Yeah, you got little Wee Man. <laughs> yeah, you got Wee Man. You got you got a um uh what's his uh party Wee boy. Party boy. You, got, you, <laughs> yeah. got, you got you got to see all those you know, you know those little pops and stuff. You know, you know, you get the little pops for all for all that stuff too. Just you know, the play off the nostalgia for the jackass stuff and and setting up for the the, you know, the new movies out probably is already I believe now. So yeah, yeah super entertaining still- on all fronts. Yeah, they they yeah, did it, a great it, job with that match. You take you got just uh, for stuff like that you got to take it for what it is. If, exactly. If you, if you you know some people are like oh I don't like it this is embarrassing blah 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 it's like well that's not the point of it the point of it is is you know it's a comedy relief spot and it's it's geared to a specific way and you have to take it for, you have to be a little relative with it and you have to take it for what it is and look at it from that perspective to really appreciate it we man doing a scoop slam on Sami Zayn might have been the most athletic thing anyone did this week <laughs> just the fact that Sammy and you're absolutely right he's the perfect guy for that match with his history in the indies as El Generico just I I have to imagine just him being in the indies for so long he was part of a lot of crazy matches whether it was a, a more of a wrestling match or or an entertaining you know gimmicky match if you will so perfect guy for that but the fact that he like took a scoop slam like and tucked his head and did all he could yeah. from like six inches off the ground was yeah i, I was, I was uh, shocked i was just like is he gonna do it is he gonna make it and then they get any he, he got him over <laughs> Wow. Right. It was uh, really impressive. And he sold, I mean, the, the final spot with the, the giant mouse trap. It, it didn't it didn't go <laughs> off as smoothly, I'm guessing, as they hoped, as the production crew hoped or both the wrestlers hoped. And I'm putting giant Knoxville as a wrestler in this in this instance. But Sammy sold it so well uh, and just just really good for for everything. So I had those guys as my biggest surprise, just how the celebrities fared and and how I think I think Bad Bunny really set like a standard last year of, of he set a bar in terms of like celebrities coming in and really buying into the product and not just having a cameo spot, but really learning the craft of wrestling and learning how to play to the crowd. And I think that's continued this year because I think all those guys did such a good job. And, you know, McAfee's obviously a lifelong wrestling fan and really knows the the tricks of the trade and learning that from commentary as well. So they did a really good job. Those are my biggest surprises. That or how little time they gave to New Day. <laughs> You they really what? screwed those that. guys over this year. <laughs> I missed that match completely because I had to put my daughter to bed during it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you bl- I, <laughs> it was literally a two-minute match. You blink and you missed it. So I, I don't yeah. blame you. I mean, if you went to the bathroom, you missed the whole thing. Um, but for an act who is so over with the crowd and who's been so over with the crowd for as long as New Day has, I mean, to give those guys like two minutes is is criminal to me. So uh, that that was a shame um, to me. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. Let's move on. Yeah. So <laughs> also, it's a shame they changed Pete Dunn's name to Butch, but we won't even uh, get into how ridiculous that is. And they made him in a newsboy, basically. Yeah, he's like a newsie who loves to fight. <laughs> or something it's it's so bad like it's so bad that was those are some of the bigger surprises uh dj what were some of 
the biggest disappointments for you or a disappointment? I was thinking about this a little bit. Uh, Edge, Edge, and, Edge and AJ Styles kind of disappointed me a little bit just because I, I don't know. It just maybe it seemed like it dragged on a little bit too long. Yeah. That was probably you say you know, off there. What was it? Um, Edge and Edge and AJ Styles. That kind of oh, yeah. that, that, uh, that kind of disappointed me a bit a little bit just because you know I can't maybe Edge's Edge's entrance I thought it was awesome. And then okay. uh yeah, then and then I I maybe I don't know. I don't know, maybe my expectations were different for might have been off for that for that match, but I was I thought it kind of dragged on a little bit too bit. I just I just yeah. keep getting flashbacks when I when I see an edge match to the when he had that match of Orton at, at the one WrestleMania where it just dragged on forever when they fought through the whole performance center. And maybe it's, that's also kind of if, if like like negatively inf, inf, influencing my views of his matches right now. <laughs> right. No, I totally agree. I I put probably put that one at the top of my list too in terms of disappointment. Like first of all, this new edge brood light group he's got going with Damian Priest. Um Brody King had a great tweet. Brody King from AEW had a great tweet. It said when you order or when you uh buy the dark or what's it the house of black on wish.com or something <laughs> uh so i thought that was that was spot on but i i agree because it seems like a track record with aj styles at wrestlemania like aj styles is one of the best wrestlers in the business like he can make any oh. match great he's just a master at his craft but every year from wrestlemania it seems like he disappoints and you mentioned the randy orton match he i thought this match disappointed as well his wwe championship match against shinsuke a couple years back i was there was so much hype because of their you know new japan oh, yeah. days from that and that i thought flopped big time and then he got put in like a spot with shane or a match with shane mcmahon and i know like That's- to that the, match, the casual fan might be his best match. Uh, yeah <laughs> Shane, Shane always gives you high level spots but I, I mean I, I don't know it just seems like AJ has this track record at Wrestlemania of disappointing and this was a fine match it, I just didn't think it was was anything special so uh, I agree with you there the, the other thing I had was in terms of disappointments and I think I'm just just generally disappointed with this person since she's come into WWE but I don't see anything special with Ronda Rousey I'm sorry like Maybe her first run before she had her kid and, you know, when she wrestled Triple H and Stephanie with, and that was kind of her intro and then kind of the, the women's revolution thing. Like I, I, I bought into her more as like this unstoppable badass, but this go around just, it seems corny her punches seem weak she's not a good like technical wrestler she doesn't play to the crowd very well she doesn't have that at like i don't know what it is with ronda rousey they gotta they gotta fix her they gotta give her a manager or something like how do they fix ronda rousey at this point i i She's still like she does. She has her good attributes. She's a she's still a very good athlete, and I think. That, but there's she's still very green, as you kind of pointed out in some parts. Absolutely, yeah. And it and there's not really that mechanism anymore like before. Like you could, you know, your decades ago they talk about how you can put send somebody out on the territories and have them do you know house shows six nights a week and kind of pick up that you know that seasoning, yeah. and that's not an option for. Her. And, and when you have someone of her star power, they had to kind of just more or less throw it to the wolves just to capitalize off of it. So I'm not really sure how you can really you can really kind of give her that seasoning right now that she probably needs. So, you know, I think you might have to kind of pull pull a page of like uh, what Paul Heyman would do in, in ES, ECW 
like he his you know focus on your good your positives your good attributes what you do well and hide the negative stuff and, and that might be example. she could use him <laughs> she could use paul Heyman as a manager like uh, that, that, that when be, you mentioned his name i'm work. just like that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah that could work i also think it seemed always seemed like she kind of you know, I know nowadays in WWE, you're kind of not, there's no the traditional baby face and heels. It's more of, it's more blurred than it's been, been in the past. But I think it would help her if she kind of committed to kind of going one way or the other with that. Like, yeah, it seems like she wants to play baby face with the rowdy, rowdy stuff. And yeah. then the crowd turns, like the minute the crowd turns on her, she just like gets a stink face and is like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, right. It, I, yeah. It just seems like she wants the crowd to like like her and she doesn't understand how WWE crowds are, <laughs> how they can just right. flip the switch in terms of liking you or disliking you in an instant. And I, and think, she doesn't know how to, and I think she doesn't know how to win them back either when that happens. Exactly. That's the yes. Thing. Yeah. If she had more, if she had that, you know, that more experience, the more seasoning to be able to figure out how to, you know, win the crowd back over, that could help her out a lot. Totally agree. They they put her with the best. Obviously, they put her in the main event. Charlotte Flair, awesome. I I, lo- I like Charlotte. I like her whole thing. I like everything she does. Great wrestler as well. Great character. So two nights. I thought night one was a little better than night two, but they they both had their highlights, of course. What what would you say? What was the best match of the weekend for you between the two nights? Uh, I was kind of trying to think best, like the like like you know I really the, the women's uh, tag match I thought would, went really well, um, and then I think also uh, the women's uh, the title the, the title match with uh, Bianca Belair and and. Uh, Becky Lynch. I think those, I don't know. I just thought those went, went really well. I really liked in uh, Belair and Lynch is how they, how they opened it up and they basically went back towards, uh, you know, how, it, how the match went in, at SummerSlam. They, they kind of played off of that. And uh, I just, I, I just liked that, how they, that storytelling of it. And that's something I always complain about with WWE is how they, you know, they don't reward their fans if in storyline wise, like they don't, they, you know, they they forget about stuff and, and they just didn't and they just didn't. They don't ever harken back to it. And this that definitely played off of that from when it happened over the summer. And I just I I got a, I was really like, I like that a lot. I, I was kind of impressed because I didn't expect that at all. And uh, I think that's a great uh, choice. That was my pick as well for best match was Bianca and Becky. I I think what it was maybe three years ago they did an Andre the Giant, but a Memorial Battle Royal, but the women's version. I think they called it. I think it was maybe like a fabulous Moolah reference. I don't know what it was called anyway. The trophy was Mm -hmm. ridiculous looking, but. They had a lot of NXT uh, females in it to to fill to fill the ring, and Bianca was part of that. And it was the first time I've ever seen her. And she did a 450, and she did it this match as well from the second rope, which is just one of the more insanely athletic things I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Um, yeah. But that moment a couple of years ago when Bianca hit that 450, I knew that they had something with her, and and she is awesome. Like. They need to shoot her to the moon and as the star she should be because she is fantastic. That match was fantastic. Becky is one of the all-time greats in terms of, you know, storytelling and wrestling, as you said. So that was my favorite match of, of the weekend. I thought it was just great and a great showcase of super talented female wrestlers. Yeah, yeah I was very impressed. Yeah, as a, as a 
for the listeners who don't know, DJ is a referee for, as I mentioned in the intro, for Empire State Wrestling, which is a local indie promotion here uh, in Western New York. If you haven't been to an ESW show, I highly recommend going. They are awesome. They're super fun. DJ does a great job wrestling. DJ, let me ask you, as a referee, being on the inside of things, do you watch wrestling in in a different like perspective in terms of like what they're doing in there? Or, or are you just like every casual? Like I watch it a certain way and I like the guys and, and the females who are, are more charismatic or more characters. I like groups like the New Day because their characters more than I like Randy Orton, who I think is a great wrestler, but I'm just not crazy about his character. Um, <laughs> do, do you look at it differently at being on the inside of things locally? Do you watch these programs, the WWEs and the AWs and the, and the big major promotions differently? The moment that I started training back in like 2006, I started to definitely change completely how I watched wrestling. Like I, you know, I would, I would watch a match and be like, okay, this is what I would try to understand what they're trying to tell specifically how they were putting on the moves and just, just trying to break things down on how, how, how and why things were being done in the ring per se, rather than just kind of rooting for one guy or another. And from my perspective, too, I also watch the referees. So I'm always trying, I try to keep an eye on what they're doing to try to get, you know, uh, pick up maybe a thing or two and try to understand, you know, just try to keep on learning. That's why, yeah, when I watch wrestling, especially, you know, whether it's WWE or AEW or even just on the indies, I just, I always try to keep uh, an open mind to what's going on. And I try to, I try to also not just be entertained by it, but also to try to use it as a, as a way to learn. Absolutely. Have you met like the greats and WWE refereeing, like the Earl Hebners or Little Natures of the world? Have you ever met one of those guys? And uh, if you have, would you like, or maybe if you haven't, would, would do you like try to pick their brain in terms of like tricks of the trade? I've never met any like uh, I didn't know any if they'd is, come like, to, the like an ESW show or something. <laughs> no, like it's you know like the top referee, like a, like the even like the top referees like that, like Earl Hebner might do like an autograph session here or there. But they don't really get booked like like a legend would per se. Um, but if I, I mean, yeah, if I got the opportunity to meet them, I would, yeah, I definitely would try to see what they would have to say. Definitely, you know, they definitely have a ton of more, much more knowledge than I, I do, and a lot more experience than I do. So I, they, I, they, I imagine they'd be a wealth of information. I think that'd be cool. One guy, in, yeah. one guy in particular, like a probably my favorite like referee of like all, all time is probably Tommy Young. Really, I would lo- really like to learn what he would have to say. I know he's more of a Southern based you know okay so it's kind of harder geographically to to make that connection per se if you like i think he's done like seminars in like tennessee and and uh maybe like i don't want to say kentucky i'm not 100 sure on that but so um but if you know if that opportunity ever came up i would i would definitely jump on that yeah, that'd be awesome i i can only imagine like how cool it is to be uh, like on the inside of things and being right there in front of the action and you know being part of the show it sounds so cool esw i don't know if they still do this and maybe you can and help me i've always they used to do like wrestling seminars like you pay x amount and you could do like an hour of I don't know if it necessarily was training, but it was like learning how to run the ropes and do the basics and things like that. And I've always wanted to do that and just to be in there and and get a feel for it. And not that I would ever want to take the leap and become an actual wrestler because I don't think I could, but I think it'd be super cool just to kind of be on the inside of the rig for once. So the fact that you get to do it like on a monthly basis, if not more often is, is super cool to me. So 
Yeah, that'd be awesome to pick the brains of these referees. So we talked about the best matches. There are a ton of best matches. What was maybe not the best match, but maybe what was one of your favorite matches or favorite moments, I guess, uh, of the weekend? There were so many iconic moments with, you know, iconic personalities from present to past, you know, Vince McMahon, Stone Cold to the, the stars of now. What was your favorite moment of this WrestleMania weekend? I mean, it's it's kind of an for me it's stone cold and owens just you know being able to steal see austin give it another shot again one more match i thought that was pretty cool i mean how can how can i don't know if you if you're if you don't think that's cool i don't know if you're not you're probably not a true wrestling fan yeah i wasn't the biggest austin fan like as a kid like in middle school or whatnot i didn't have like an austin 316 shirt or that but i definitely understand like it's obvious the you know the 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 significance of of that and it was just it was just it was just awesome being able to see him you know go through the crowd and stuff and he took like suplexes on on the outside and stuff and it's like oh, i didn't think he would do anything like that in a match like i thought it would be you know simple stuff like getting kicked and maybe maybe he might like take some bumps into the corner or whatever like i remember watching i don't know if you are you familiar with the ballpark brawls oh yeah no i i interned with the bisons one year one summer oh. so um okay actually yeah. the year the year i interned it was crazy because they they partnered a lot with tna mm-hmm. there was like samoa joe but there was cesaro who used to be claudio castronali he was there and also Corey Graves, who used to be james sterling was there so i got to meet all like yeah. the guys who are in wwe now back when they were first starting out on the indies it was really it was really cool so yeah i remember okay. those ballpark brawls there was a the one i went to was uh there was a dusty dusty Rhodes face um kid cash and basically the entire match uh kid cash was just throwing drop kicks at dusty and dusty would bump into the corner because he couldn't physically bump and i was kind of assuming something like considering all we hear about austin's back injuries and stuff like that he would end up having to do something similar to that or like how bret hart when he had those random matches a couple years ago in wwe where he would if you noticed that he would he wouldn't bump on his back at all everyone would just punch him in the stomach and would keel over i figured there would be some kind of limitations on how he would take you know Austin wouldn't be, you know, taking his bumps and he, he was going on the freaking floor, you know, out in the crowd, you know, getting suplexed and, and stuff like that. He wasn't, you know, he, he let it all out, left, left it all out there. And I thought that was awesome. I had no expectation for that whatsoever. I am a hundred percent with you. Like that was my favorite moment. Anything Austin did this weekend due to the fact of just what you said, I had the same exact mentality of he did about 50,000 times more than I thought he would ever would. Yeah. Uh, I thought he would do it rem- the one WrestleMania where it was triple H and sting. And it was kind of like a WWE versus NWO WCW kind of, that was the story they were telling. And Scott Hall came mm-hmm. out, and I remember distinctly, like, the, the most defining moment of that match for me was not Triple H versus Sting. It was Scott Hall taking a back bump on the floor outside the ring. Like, never thought he would do that in a million years. And just that one simple thing was, like, had my jaw on the floor. Like, oh, my God, did Scott Hall just take a back bump? And, of course, after that, I thought, like, oh, my God, is Scott Hall okay? Because <laughs> it was Scott Hall when he was a little older. But um, yeah, this is the that. same feeling I had with austin it was like 
the injuries, there's a laundry list of injuries, back, neck, knees. Like you didn't think Austin would do anything. I thought it would just be, you know, Owens goes for a stunner. Austin ducks it, does a stunner of his own, and that's it. Or, you know, something, just right. one spot to play to the crowd. I never thought Austin would do all those bumps, go into the crowd, take suplexes. Uh, he did so much more than I ever thought he would during the Kevin Owens match segment, whatever you want to call it. And then on night two coming back uh, during the McAfee Austin theory match and giving stunners to Vince McMahon, which is so classic, <laughs> even though Vince completely botched the spot. <laughs> like, and what a moment, like riding in on the ATV and just anything Austin did that weekend. I was shocked. I was surprised. I was in awe. It was great to see. He's, he's one of the all timers, obviously, if, whether you didn't, whether you were more of a rock guy back in the Monday Night War days or you were a stone cold guy or whatever, like Austin, you you have to admit was one of the greats or is one of the greats. And just to see him do anything was completely shocking and awesome. And I was, uh, I was not sitting down in that moment. I was hooting and hollering at the TV because I it was, it was just fantastic to see him do anything. So, uh, and to have KO do it too. KO is one of my favorite current wrestlers, and he feels like a modern day Stone Cold, uh, just in kind of his demeanor. So, to ha- him, to let him have that spot with Austin was, I think, you know, the perfect partner. As we mentioned, like Sami Zayn, the perfect partner for Johnny Knoxville. Owens, I thought, was the perfect partner for Stone Cold. Yeah, I, I think he complimented him well. You know, a lot of it, like like you said, like he has a he comes from a lot of in the same vein as as, as Stone Cold in many ways, and I, I I think it probably works out for the best out of you know who was available on the roster it was probably him. Absolutely. Moving on to the main event of Sunday night, the what they dubbed as I think the biggest match of all time or something. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, title versus title. Roman now after beating Brock, has held on to the title for 584 days. This guy has held on to the title for the longest time ever. Uh, and he's beaten everyone that they've put in front of him. What What's the end game here? With, like, is it, is it The Rock next year in, in Hollywood for WrestleMania? Like, I, There's nobody on the current WWE roster that is believable to beat Roman Reigns. And I think that's the problem is like you make this guy just a, a train wreck. And I love this Roman Reigns character. Let me like sidetrack here. I He's so much mm-hmm. better than the shield uh you know bulletproof vests hokey or, corny face that they were trying to make him this head of the table character yeah <laughs> yeah exactly this head of the table character the the badass samoan guy like there it, it's awesome like they needed to make roman a heel uh as soon as he won the rumble and rock came out and they were booing rock and roman at the same time <laughs> Like if you can't get over with rock with the rock out there with you, like you're never going to get over. So, so Roman is awesome. Like, but I mean, he's beaten everyone that they put, that they've put in front of him that has gone for the title against him. Like, what do they do? Like, I'm, I'm kind of bored with this storyline now because I don't believe anyone else can beat him. What do they do with him? Well, f- well, first thing is like, did you see that arm, like that knot he had on his arm? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, that was, that was, that was very noticeable. <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't know what happened. I, I admit I didn't see Raw last night or this week, I should say. But um, so I don't know if like there's been any update on that per se. But um, I mean, if he's okay, first of all, if he, I mean, if he was, if that was a serious injury, then maybe they can have him 
you know, there'd be the chance that he vacated the belt and then they would be forced to, to kind of elevate somebody or do something with somebody else or, or I should say both belts now, whatever. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't really like the idea of them unifying the belts per se, because I, you know, it goes back to the whole storyline continuity thing. Like, mm-hmm. you, okay, now you, you unify the belts. Okay. So the brand split doesn't matter now. Oh, and then, and then they make it, they want it to matter when they, when they just decide on a whim. It, oh, it matters again. Now it, it's one of the, one of the, like my biggest, one of my biggest turnoffs of WWE. I mean, in terms of if he's, let's per se, you know, he is healthy, which is pretty probably also very likely. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who else is left. I mean, maybe Cody, maybe it's, going to be him at SummerSlam. He could maybe they're going to tease it out, you know, figure something out where they work some kind of program and it concludes in at SummerSlam somehow. Um I'm not really sure who else is left. You know, Lashley got one got over in his match of Omos. Maybe that can kind of bounce him back into the picture. Now he's you know, um I'm not really sure who else could be a, for a challenger per se. I don't know if I mean, they haven't really done Seth yet, but I don't know if Seth has the credibility anymore <laughs> like to challenge for the heavyweight title i try to think of guys that had won one over the weekend like uh, it's kind mm-hmm. of like i was kind of looking it over i don't know they're gonna put the miz they're gonna put the miz back in the title picture <laughs> that's uh, right i mean that's it looks like they're gonna do liz and miz and logan paul there yeah i i read in the dirt she said logan paul wants to be a a face that's why the ending for the miz match went down the way it did so mm-hmm. um i i don't buy that because like outside the ring he just seems like kind of a i don't even know if this is a real personality but kind of like a pompous arrogant kind of guy like yeah. perfect heel right um yeah so it was it was interesting maybe the maybe uh I don't know. Yeah, but that seems to be the setup for SummerSlam. I, I don't know what they do with Roman, honestly. Like, you're right. It could be Cody. His Cody came out on Raw Monday, opened Raw the following Monday night after WrestleMania and did a great monologue about, you know, his father and going after the belt and to honor his father and things like that. So, you know, maybe they just catapult him, you know, right to the main event scene. Um, th- that would be interesting. Obviously, it's a guy that Roman hasn't faced. And I think that's a big thing is like you talked about your issues with WWE. I think my biggest issues with WWE are it seems like they drag on matches way too long. Like I don't want to see Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins for the 30th time <laughs> in six weeks. Like, you know, they've, they've hit their spots. They've st- like just move on to fresh matchups and fresh faces and fresh storylines. And, you know, maybe, maybe it is Cody. I, I like to, to see that. Uh, I like Cody. Uh, that was probably a huge surprise. Probably one of the bigger talking moments of this weekend is Cody Rhodes's return to WWE, even though it was speculated and predicted for weeks ahead of time. And uh, as soon as uh-huh. Cody became a free agent from AEW, but it's still crazy to me that, you know, Cody Rhodes who started First of all, when he left WWE, was not on good terms with Vince and that company in terms of his character, like leaving as Stardust and kind of getting, I don't even think a good storyline with his brother as kind of a send off. And then the whole legal battle over the Rhodes name. So he just had to use Cody wherever else he went uh, <laughs> for him to come back X amount of years later after starting AEW, like creating that with young bucks and omega and whoever like to come back to wwe and come back not just as a one-time thing but on a multi-year deal that's that's kind of crazy to me still (laughs) like you built up this competitor like literally your first big AEW moment for the company you started was you smashing 
Triple H's like <laughs> concrete, you know, King of Kings throne <laughs> on the stage. And now you're back with that company. Were you shocked to see Cody? I, I know everyone kind of predicted it in the wrestling circles, but it's still kind of shocking to me. Were you as shocked? I think when you when you first see it, when it, it first comes out, you're, I was a little surprised. Like, oh, this is really happening. But I, I was kind of, but I didn't, I, I did expect it, but I was still, you know, once, it, but once it does happen, you're kind of like, oh, here he comes. You're kind of like, you know, it is, it is there's this definitely a, a little bit of surprise feeling with him for it. I just, just he had, and the fact that he had everything from AEW there, his music, his in, in intro, his same gear, and it just, he brought everything with him over there. And even look, you talk about that promo he cut. That's a that sounded like a promo that he would have wrote himself and not have some a writer giving him words for. He he literally got every like he sounds like he got everything that he wanted. And that probably is the most shocking part of it at all, is that there that WWE was willing to bend so much for him to come back, to let him do all that and have all that control and and a company that we've heard for years now, you know, kind of lacks that. For, for their talent. So uh, I think that, I think that was kind of the part that kind of that's, that surprised me the most. Yeah, I, I agree. Like using his music, using his, his look and, you know, even his, even his t-shirt had his dog on it, like Pharaoh. On it. So <laughs> his first WWE t-shirt, which I guess is selling like hotcakes. So yeah, the fact that he was able to bring everything and just kind of just walk into WWE as is, is shocking. No, no handsome Cody Rhodes with a plastic mask or no stardust, as I mentioned. <laughs> like that's all I, I love the paper bags. I don't I always love the paper bags. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was funny for the time. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> it was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they really seem to go for it. And, it. and it's funny, too, because for the longest time leading up to this WrestleMania months and months, it seemed like AEW was really picking up steam in terms of like the purists and, and gaining traction for, for wrestling fans out there and taking the wind out of WWE sales a little. And it seems like with this WrestleMania and Cody's return, especially it's like, man, maybe AEW doesn't have the momentum we thought it did. I mean, it's a great product if, for those who watch it. I, I love a lot of wrestlers in that promotion, but you know, maybe they're, maybe they're not the, the big uh, King Slayer to use a Seth Rollins term, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not coming for, wwe's crown just quite yet um that's kind of the feeling i got with all this i think with with aew is that it should be you know it should be a reminder that it about its original purpose and that wasn't necessarily to be competition to wwe but to be an alternate to it and to focus on its strengths make it the wrestling promotion versus wwe's the entertainment promotion and really double down on being you know keep stakes focused on that stay focused on doing the things that wwe doesn't do and providing that true alternative to that and then if they do that they will always still have their that solid base of wrestling fans and that will eventually continue to grow over time you know sure it's been how many years has been two three years we've had dynamite's been on air and it's it's they're, they're going against if we're going to compare it to WWE, you know, Raw and SmackDown have been on for much longer than Dynamite has been in existence. Right. And 
it's and it'll take them time. It's going to take them time, years to really, really, if they want to build it up, it's going to, you know, gradually over time, they're going to, you know, it's going to take, it's going to be a little bit to really, if they want to, you know, establish their, they're still kind of establishing themselves. And eventually, they, I don't know when it's going to happen, but eventually it could get more per, mainstream per se. But uh, it's, it's probably not there yet. And I don't know if they should really rush it yet. They should just kind of focus on what on their core and just doing what they do best. And they bring up the whole, you know, where he smashes the throne stuff. And in a weird way, that's all, like, I know that like Cody wanted to, you know, kind of his motivation to starting AEW was to kind of show up WWE. Right. But it also kind of was like the anti ethos of what the rest of the company was about. Like it wanted not, it wasn't AEW wasn't supposed to necessarily be about, we're, you know, we're going to do this, but we're going to be better in WWE. We're going to, we're going to be an alternate to it. You know, if you look at, go look at TNA from like 2010 when they tried to go to Monday night, they just tried to restart the Monday night wars for that like month or so. And right. even before yeah, that, miserably. they were always, they were always trying to be WWE light. They were always, right. they were trying, and if they would have just had the mindset that AEW did about trying to be an alternative, if they would have focused on the X division, focused on, you know, they, they, they've always had a good, they had a good sense of the women's division, focus more on the tag team divisions. Mm-hmm. We could be, we could be talking about, you know, you know, the, the, the narrative nowadays could be completely different nowadays. That's a good point. I feel like for the longest time, like TNA impact, however you want to, you know, name it. Um, just like every guy WWE released, like they would bring in like Booker T. At one point, they had like Booker T and the Outsiders and Sting and Angle and Flay. Like any yeah. guy that was past their WWE Prime was just like, okay, we're just going to be WWE 1.0 or you know, whatever, whatever yeah. the alternate was. And and I, I think AEW is not only great wrestling, but I think it's an avenue for people who would never even be considered by WWE to get their shine, to get a big your spotlight guys who are some of my favorite wrestlers guys like an orange cassidy like orange cassidy is amazing like that guy does phenomenal character work he's super entertaining he's funny as all heck and one of my favorite wrestlers like wwe would never give that guy a shot this this day no. and age, i feel like no. like uh or a guy like luchasaurus who's a really athletic big man and just kind of a, a really gimmicky character with him and Jungle Boy. Like, I think he was in developmental for a little bit. He was, yeah, but he, I don't think he has a Luchasaurus character. No, right? no. I'm not mistaken. I don't think so. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think AEW is really good alternative, as you mentioned, in what they do. So, but overall, awesome awesome wrestling weekend even if you're not a wde fan there was ring of honors return and so many other oh, things yeah. going on that whole weekend which was which was awesome to see for any wrestling fan to to see all those guys back and you know, no matter what your liking was you, you know you could get your kicks <laughs> during wrestlemania weekend so um oh, dj man any uh any final words any any comments uh about about the weekend that you would like to address here on our show oh, we we covered a lot here um yeah, it was just it was just a lot a lot of fun it was a lot a lot better than I expected i kind of wish they could have gotten like i know we were to- we just were talking about wrestlemania week about the other like, like the stuff going on other shows and I I wish I could have saw a little bit more, but I I didn't have the opportunity to. And it is one of my 
goals is to eventually maybe go down there, go to do the whole, you know, week experience, like take my family down there and stuff and, and check it out. Maybe get some more. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You yeah. Never, yeah. You never right. know. Always bring your gear bag, put it in your trunk. <laughs> that was some of the <laughs> first lessons I learned. Yeah. I used to say WrestleMania is like National Pro Wrestling Day, but it's, right. it's now like a National Pro Wrestling Week. It's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. That's sure. right. That's a good way. Yeah. That's a good way to, to end it here. Fun time to be a wrestling fan. A lot of, you know, no matter what you like, there's something for everyone. So DJ, man, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on our show. You're always welcome back as a guest. So we'd love to talk wrestling oh. with you, talk football with you. I know you're doing a bunch of stuff. Where can the listeners uh, find you when they don't see you in the ring at Empire State? Oh, thank you very much. Um, if you want to, um, you know, my next show is going to be May 21st at Buffalo Riverworks, where we have a buddy Matthews coming in from AEW, and he's going to be facing Trey Miguel from Impact Wrestling. We also have a ladder match between um, uh, to Infinity and Beyond versus High Seas for uh, the vacated ISW tag titles. And uh, we just announced today that... Um, uh, Shaza McKenzie from Australia is coming in and she will be facing um, courageous Christina. Uh, and nice. um, yeah, there's going to be probably much more, uh, more matches to be announced pretty soon. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Jarcaster, J A R K A S T E R. Find my, I have a Facebook fan page too. Um, I used to put um, same thing at Jarcaster, whatever, facebook.com backslash Jarcaster. Um, you can also check out my writing. I blog um, about my refing experiences and I write, you know, preview articles. I have some features I've done in the past for them for uh, prowrestlingpost.com. Um, they also have other articles and uh, you can always check out there some, some good, uh, good writers coming out there absolutely um, the man doesn't stop folks he's a worst yeah, yeah. Uh, check out my, my my takes on you know the buffalo bills and football or whatever and i might have another podcast in the works coming up soon uh music related um we'll see nice. what happens with that but nice. i'll stay tuned to my socials i'll probably plug it yeah um definitely follow dj on everything twitter facebook uh yeah, yeah man you do you don't stop. Don't don't work so hard. <laughs> Find time to relax too. <laughs> I yeah. If, between that and my family, keep me very busy. So uh, of course, but it's awesome, all fun. Awesome, and we'll probably be uh, at the next DSW show as well. We got to get back out there, so we'll make sure we stop and say hi, and uh, maybe we'll do a do something live or something <laughs> at at the show. Sounds That'd great. be awesome. Yeah, so, excellent. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the time and, uh, you know, go WWE, go Bills. And thanks. Thanks again. Yeah. Go, go Bills. All Thank right, you. Have a good night, DJ. All right. You too. Later. Good night. And we are back once again. Thank you to our guest, DJ Jarka. Go follow him, everything he's doing. If you are a fan of wrestling, which I think Buffalo is like Buffalo is like when WWE hears their cities they come to, like Buffalo is an A tiered city where, which means they get the most crowds, like, the biggest response, biggest ticket sales. So I think people in Buffalo like wrestling. I like wrestling. That's why I wanted to talk about it this week. So thank you, DJ. Uh, go check out ESW Wrestling too. If you haven't been to a show, uh, it is an awesome time. It's super fun. Uh, a lot of talented guys in the indie scene around Western New York. So ESW Wrestling, check them out online when their next show is and uh, get some tickets. They're super cheap and it's, it's a fun, fun night. Uh, Tony, thank you to our sponsor. Of course, Traveling Growler. Koozie starting at just $5. 
www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out all their cool designs. Uh, tell them Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast sent you. Uh, t-shirt store, teespring.com. Tony with Diggs, big extension this week. We discounted our Stefan Diggs, King Diggs, Notorious D-I-G-G-S apparel. Everything is discounted across the board with that line, with that design. So check it out now. The Diggs t-shirts are just $18. That's it. And then all the other t-shirts starting at just $20. So uh, you get a really cool design, really fun. Uh, check it out, T-E. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Uh, where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast wherever you're fine podcasts or listen to for free on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network at Built in Buffalo underscore. Giving you something every single day in the content game. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever. YouTube now on the Built in Buffalo YouTube page. Search witty, not funny, all one word. If you like us, subscribe. Leave a review. Tell us what you think. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. If this is the first time listening to the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, thank you for chiming in or for tuning in. Greatly appreciated. Come back next week. Uh, Tony, other than that, Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you? At Tony Jambros. Tony Jambros. Tony J. Ambrose. You can check Tony J. Ambrose Tony J. at Twitter.com. At Twitter. That's how Twitter handles work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you have a MySpace page. I don't know. If you want to link to your MySpace page, that'd be great. You know, you've inspired me. Maybe I will look into creating a MySpace page. Is that so around? I do believe it still exists. I think it is. It's coming back. Now, yeah. When when (laughs) retro... When, when we get another like retro boom in this culture, MySpace oh, yeah. is going to be real hot. Absolutely. Totally agree. Vintage. It'll be like... Vintage, baby. It'll be like the shamrock shake. It'll come out for like three weeks every year and people will just go nuts for it and then shut down. That's what it should be. Uh, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook as well. We post our episodes there. Also, the Built in Buffalo YouTube page. You can check us out if uh, that's your means of listening. We're, we try to be everywhere for you people, um, for Woody Nation, Bill's Mafia, Saber Swords people. Give us a follow. We'll fall back. We love connecting with the Buffalo Sports community at Way Sports 716. Um, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you got no send off? Why no send off? Why no send off? <laughs> uh, My send off well, we is, al- you know, we can always just Matt, say, stay are, with you out there. Man. Well, I, I, I'll. My send off will really be a send on because I'm going oh, to send okay. on uh, to, today. We're recording on the day that the uh, severance season finale dropped. And I watched it a matter of hours ago and I am still just reeling in the sky over it to the point where my brain cannot even function. So you have my Twitter handle. Tweet at me if you want to talk some severance out there, listeners. I am willing and available to break severance this thing heads down. Out there, head Tony up. Big Sev heads, <laughs> and wait for Sev after heads. we get done with Lost. We'll wait. We'll do the witty, not funny severance podcast. <laughs> uh, right after the Moon Knight one, because that's my uh, show of choice lately. So. Um, oh, all right. Not uh, happy yeah. endings. Well, I, I watch happy endings every night, just as my like you know, put on and Comfort. go to sleep show. So, oh, okay. Uh, just a fantastic comedy. Anyway, uh, if you're not checking out happy <laughs> endings, please do. It's on Netflix. Um, that's that's your send off. My send off is always go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresher breath there.
He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.